Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. AD. Yo. You got any crazy media day stories? Uh, no, I don't. Really? I don't. No, it was pretty calm. I was pretty calm. My. Yeah, took it easy. But I, I, I've heard tales of craziness. <laughs> Always the calmest. He is Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. This is the Believe in 49ers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, it's Super Bowl week, ED. I mean, we're getting closer and closer and closer to this thing. And, uh... Uh, media day, obviously, well, they do it so different now. It's like yeah, an event, yeah, like in prime time, and but mm-hmm. you still get you know all the all the madness, all the craziness yeah. uh, that that comes with media day. Um, we got a got a got an interesting, pretty good show for you today. Obviously, my man Eric Davis, part of the last Niners Super Bowl winning team, and uh, we got a special guest today. A special guest, one one of his old. Uh, running mates in the secondary, the great Merton Hanks, going to be joining us in just a little bit. So, uh, Super Bowl week, bringing out the bringing out the big guns, Ed, bringing them out. But I mean, why not? Why not? Why they not? better talk. They better. <laughs> the whole, they better. Come the, on, I help feed their kids. <laughs> um, <laughs> So we we so we'll, we'll we'll talk to Merton. Um, we'll we'll talk a little bit uh just about you know their time together uh and all that in that Niners secondary. Before we bring Merton on, um, and and you guys uh, you know have have your reunion of sorts. Um, you know what 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 was that like for you guys? You know heading into that that Super Bowl week down there in Miami, just just as a secondary. I know you mentioned stories earlier in the podcast about how. You know the competitiveness was just crazy amongst you guys. You guys competed about everything. How did that manifest itself down in Miami? Uh, a typical week, man. We just worked. We we just went down and and worked. It was a good week of practice. We really didn't do one thing differently, man. That, that's that's real talk. We didn't do one thing differently for that week than we had done practicing every other week. I mean, it's not like we had extended periods, like we spent more time in the film room, like we, you know, you know, we spent extra time doing drills. We just went out and put in our work like we always did. Um, and every and everybody expected that from one another on both sides of the ball. I, I mentioned uh, media day because obviously <laughs> Niners and Chiefs just had yeah. their, their media day. And um, I hosted that once. Yeah. So. <laughs> yes, I mean, it's a TV show now, man. I mean, it, like it literally, I, I was I was in there and I was I was the I was the, the basically the MC for the event because you're moving everyone around and there are acts performing and you know you know diff, the team switch out. I mean, it it really is. It, it's it's a full time gig to to moderate that thing. Um, because on TV they just show you certain things, but I mean it's it's truly an event that, that they've made it into now, which is which is crazy. And and I ask you this because I, I know you mentioned we were talking about our last pod. You you were talking and you said something very interesting that, that I thought you said 
you know, it, it, it's a game, but it's not just a normal game. You know, you get out, no. there, you get out there on the field, you notice a lot of things that are different. This isn't just a regular game. Did did you start to realize that at media day, like having to go through, you know, all the the spectacles and and all the you know the the obligations and stuff that you guys had to go through during that week? Like, did did it become kind of clear, kind of kind of evident then at that point? Uh, no. No, it, it, things are different now uh, because, for, number one, I played for the 49ers, and um, <clears throat> we were rock stars. We really were. I mean, we were a good team. It had always been a good team. It's not like we that was – it's not like we were like some um, flash in the pan, you know. Um, we were a perennial contender from the time I got into the league, so I didn't know anything differently. And it was a different time. Uh, now – the press only has certain times that they can get to you. When I played, it was, I mean, the, the locker room was open, like the entire lunch, there would be people walking through all the time. I mean, there were, there were always people there. You come out of the shower, someone's standing there. It, there were people there all the time. So during the regular um, season? Yeah. Yeah. So it, there were, there were always, there were always reporters. Cause you, I mean, you had all, remember there was no internet. So you had to actually be there to talk to people, to take the pictures, to get the stories to do. So every, every media outlet had somebody covering the good teams. So we constantly had people around us all the time. Um, so that right there wasn't, it wasn't really that big a deal when you went in and, and, you know, for me today and, and it wasn't the event that it is now. So they take you out to the field and, you know, they're going to have some guys that they're going to interview. I, true story. I, we got out there on the field and I saw one of the, um, tractors that they use to, um, to take care of the, the turf over in the corner. I saw it parked on like in one of the corners of the field and I went over there and I just sat down because you're obligated to be there. And I was there. So I went and just sat there and I probably sat there for all of maybe the last 15, 10 minutes of it before someone even noticed me sitting over there. And then some people came over there and asked me a few questions. So I kind of, like I said, I just went and just sat down and just chilled because I didn't have, I didn't, I didn't, I, that was not me. My, as far as uh, trying to get attention and trying to, you know, get people to notice me and all that, that's just what me, I just wanted to play. I wanted people to notice my play. I left that to Merton in, in prime. Uh, so, but, but, but that's, so that's how it was. So it, like I said, it was just, it was just a different time, a different setup, the way everything was done back then. So, so, it, you know, so, but, but as far as the feeling of like, okay, wait a minute, this is different. That really wasn't that different because I was accustomed to people interviewing us all the time. Because I remember, I mean, you know, you had the the league MVP on the team, you had the defensive MVP on the team, um, you had the greatest wide receiver in the game on the team. Um, on top of that, this was a team all year long. Everyone was saying this right here is a Super Bowl contender, and you have an opportunity to win. So, so you, you know what I mean? It was like we were constantly being um, bombarded with press. So that's that's the that part of it didn't feel different but kickoff when you when you got on the field before kickoff that was different uh, he is Super Bowl champion Eric Davis I'm Rashawn Haylock um, going to get to Merton Hanks in just a sec but first this from our friends over at my bookie and you know if you enjoy football if you have a heartbeat 
then you know what's coming. It is the Super Bowl, boys and girls. And if you want to make a bet on it, head over to mybookie.ag to make your predictions a reality. Whether you're choosing the winner or making a side bet with a friend, mybookie offers you the most up-to-date odds and a site that makes extra cash easy and fast. You can even visit mybookie.ag party to access a printable prop sheet for the big game. Football not your jam? No worries. My bookie's got it all. From the NBA to the Premier League. If you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to a thousand dollars. That means if you deposit two thousand, you'll get an extra one thousand and free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code BLV to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code BLV to get your extra cash from my bookie. Play win get paid. Free money. Free Skrilla. It is Super Bowl week. Of course, the Niners down in Miami getting ready to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. And, of course, we all know my partner, Eric Davis, Super Bowl champion. But we are so, so great and pleased to be joined by one of his comrades, uh, one of his fellow defensive backs. Spent nine years in the NFL, eight of those in the colors, 31 of his 33 career interceptions in the colors as well. Right now he's working as a senior associate commissioner for Conference USA. I'm talking about none other than the great Merton Hanks. Merton, thanks so much for joining us, man. How's it going? Oh, honor and a privilege. I, I, as I was stating, I'm, I'm a big supporter of the podcast, listen to it. And so I'm excited that, that you and Eric uh, uh, allowed uh, uh, me the opportunity to come on and, and visit and talk Little 49ers. That just made my day. Merton Hanks listens <laughs> to my podcast. I'm telling you, hanging out with Eric Davis has afforded me all types of luxuries. Man, stop it. This is, you know this what? is incredible. You know what? As much time as we spend in the huddle together, he better be listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is I, I, that's all I that's all I hear is Mert, where are you going? What are you doing? <laughs> you you're still hearing that, huh? After, after a while, I stopped saying it because I knew where you were going. You were going to jump that deep cross no matter what. I mean, as long as we all had an understanding of what was happening, that's what there it is. I couldn't say I didn't know. There it, there it is. So you guys obviously won the 1994 Super Bowl with the Niners. That one coincidentally down in Miami as well. But that secondary was and one of the best ever put together uh what what was it like um this for both of you i mean take me back i mean all all the, the faithful that are listening in right now want to know what exactly what those times you know were like lining up you know with one another and, and knowing you know that that you were one of the most talented squads you know in the entire nfl well here i'll jump in quickly because i know eric can add more context to it in a more colorful fashion and i certainly can but from my perspective you have you you know, for our listeners, you have to remember that Eric Davis and I were originally drafted by the 49ers. And we, and we came into a situation where uh, 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 the standard of excellence was high. And, and at the same time, we wanted to make our own mark and contribute to that legacy. So I, I just remember throughout the year, uh, Eric would would. would we would silently kind of sit off to the side sometimes and just remind one another that this is our opportunity to put our stamp on the legacy of the San Francisco 49ers. 
and giving of ourselves, body, soul, every bit of effort to make that happen. And, and, and so to be able to get that done and to be able to get it done with my, with not necessarily with my draft classmate, Eric, with a year before I was, even though we're basically the same age, uh, 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 but to be able to get it done with fellow San Francisco 49ers, original drafted players like Eric, uh, uh, was fabulous for me and, and, and really is a legacy as I'm older now that I, I look fondly back on. It was special. Yeah, Merck, Merck just said it. I mean, it was we were drafted to this team, and, and, and that's why the colors mean so much uh, to us both is because these are the guys that gave us a chance. These are the guys. Everybody else in the league had a chance, but these, but these colors, the Niners say we want you to come. And Merton mentioned the standard. Not only do we want you to come, we believe that you are built on what will allow us to put, as R.C. Owens, the great alley used to say, you got to put more furniture in the building, man. And by that, he meant trophies. And we were expected to uphold that. And Merton just said, it. We, we had been in those battles. We had grown up. We had learned not what it meant to be a good football player, but what it meant to be a Niner. And part of being a Niner was delivering on that promise of bringing in a championship. And we just knew that we come close and we had learned from those battles and we have, we had been forged in fire and it was time and we knew it was time. And we would have those conversations like, you know, not going to be the guy, not, not going to be the guy to screw it up yeah. for everyone. It's, it's time to get this done. And uh, we did. And they can't take that away. Like I told you, this that's what the, the Super Bowl is, not another game. It's history. Yeah. Hey, and that's what and that's what this current this current this current team has a and and I think they're aware of the moment. I and there's I, been I enough, you know, I think of the Joe Staley's of the world on that team that've been through, you know, some really rough years. They've been through some good years and been through some you know, years that I'm sure that they would not want repeated. It Mark, it's, okay to call it, it's, it's okay to call it bad. They've had some bad years. <laughs> <laughs> well, well they, 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 you know, they, 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 they've gone through some, some dark times there. So, and it's times that quite frankly, that Eric and I, from a playing standpoint, that just wasn't our deal. I don't, I don't remember in Eric's history, certainly in my history, even with San Francisco and then finishing up in Seattle, I, I've never had a losing season ever in the National Football League and, and was mad that I only won nine games my last year before retiring. Huh. Uh, I, I just couldn't take the prospect of losing like that. So I think there's enough uh, of a remembrance of what that feels like that they'll be motivated uh, to get it done. But as Eric stated on, I believe, a previous podcast, Look, it's it's the Super Bowl. It really doesn't matter who the AFC sends. You're going to win the game. So, period. That's that's the focus. Uh, 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 it would be a phenomenal feat for certainly this group to get it done. But uh, I, and I love this group. But this defense isn't as good as our defense. You're just gonna put that out there right now. I mean. I, to, to even to even to even have a debate if the secondary comes close is, is laughable. Uh, uh, but I, I mean, I make I guess it makes for good conversation. But let's just call that what it is. When 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 you have uh, look <laughs> the the, <laughs> the lowest rank. I, I wouldn't even say the lowest rank. I would say as far as it's just pure talent across the board. 
not only the starting four, people forget when you talk about Troy Cook, I had a great opportunity to see Dana Hall, uh, number one pick from the University of Washington here recently on my trip out to California. When you talk about uh, the support in, in our second group of four on that secondary, I, I, I'd say we'd match up with pretty much anyone in the history of the National Football League, at least for that one year for sure. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I don't. I don't even get into that one, Merton. I, I don't. When, whenever people, like, I get asked that all the time, comparing this team to that team, and I, and I, all I ever say, I'm like, guys, it's not fair. It's like it's, it's not fair. Let's not try to compare it to a ghost because what, what was put together on that team, I, by all I ever say, I was like, guys, you couldn't afford to put that team together today. There's, there's just, no, it, it's no, impossible. No. There, no. so. Let's not even talk about that. This present squad, what's been the most impressive thing to, uh, about this club, Merton, um, as opposed to the way it's come together to reach this point? Well, you know that, I mean, they've made a substantial leap from where they were. And I and I was I was able to get a bird's eye view, uh, certainly working with uh, the flagship radio station, doing their uh, post-game analysis for the last couple years leading up into this year. So I have been paying attention to the formation as you remember eric a couple of years ago they couldn't stop the run no at all uh they were just absolutely getting gas so to be able to get to the point where they're one of the top three or four defenses in run defense which you still need to be in today's nfl has been a has been a point of really a pride of seeing them be able to get that accomplished and I, I dare say in the secondary, uh, you know, there's always the, the conversation about the cornerback position on the opposite side of Richard Sherman. But I've been more impressed with what Jimmy Ward has been able to do. He's been able to stay relatively healthy. Uh, he's made big plays throughout the year. Uh, he's really been a settling uh, aspect in the secondary at that position. It's really just good to see him put in a full 16 games and play to his talent level. The great Merton Hanks joining us here on the Believe in 49ers podcast. Uh, you, talking about talking about Jimmy Ward, and I've been a been a been a huge. Uh, I've mentioned that on on this podcast before. Just how how impressed I've been with with his play. Um, but when when you look at this team, you look at you look at this team. You look at the setting. You look at Miami. You look at the Super Bowl. Um, a lot of these guys they have not been in this situation before. Um, I, I asked Ed this on the, on the last podcast. Um, what would be your advice to these guys, especially the first timers, you know, going down there about what it is, you know, to expect, um, you know, do's and don'ts, just how, how to take everything in to, to, to stay focused, you know, on the ultimate prize. Yeah, you're, you're asking the wrong person. I'm, I'm, I was one of those, I was one of those cats doing shots at three in the morning. Earlier <laughs> in the week. Uh, uh, I, I, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, stay out of Rolex. <laughs> I, I was that guy. I mean, I, you know, at the at the end of the day, uh, at the end of the game, it's a football game. You've been doing this now for going on twenty weeks. You know what your routine is, because let's face it, you go get to this time of year and change your routine. Up. Let's just be honest about that. So if you're doing shots on Wednesday like I was every Wednesday before right. getting ready for the game, the routine is routine. Rashawn didn't believe me when I told him there were certain guys that when they stepped into the huddle, huddle if they didn't smell like alcohol, we were worried. 
if you if if your head's that clear, I don't know what you're gonna be paying attention to. You need to go out, have your drinks, do you know, so that you are focused. <laughs> exactly, and 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 the wonderful thing about it is you get to practice. Look, we had we had probably the best week of practice that certainly for that season that I could remember. I don't. I agree, Aaron. Please, please correct me. Uh, we go through a long Thursday practice, which is for us uh, kind of our long day. And the ball never hit the ground from an offensive standpoint. And defensively, there was not an assignment missed. They were they were not out of place. Everybody knew what they needed to do. Uh, felt good about the game plan. So I, I just say stick to doing what you're doing because it's got you to this point. And then, uh, uh, you know, as as uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how X-rated. I don't know how X-rated the podcast is. As as, Man, as Eric as, as Eric is kind of old coach would say, the great Ray Rhodes. No, uh, would say at, 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 at some point, drop drop your cojones in a glass. <laughs> and let's see if they sink a float, and and, and 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 then let's go let's go play some ball. So that's, that's just kind of what it is right now. <laughs> that, that is that is it. that's what i'm saying you know get out of the ticket business get yourself there now just do what you do there's no reason to change now and, and my only thing i add to that Mert, like I, I told him i i said i said um on the last part I, I said the one thing that you will feel is that you will be told it's just another game when the game when when it, when you get out there and all those fireworks start and you feel all those eyes on you you will know it's not just another game it's history it's not another game but as Merton as you just put it whatever you do to get yourself ready it's kind of it's kind of like that nonsense everyone talks about the the meeting where Jerry and Dion got into it and it, was, it was like God, they, they, that's so much nonsense it was like hey man y'all know damn well Wednesday night. You're not in. You're not in bed at eleven. Stop it. Oh, you know what was funny about that? And I and I saw some some folks on Twitter were trying to kind of get me to respond to this particular uh, uh, deal. Look, we, it's my opinion. I'll put it this way: Coach Seifert needed something to say because Thank again, you. practices were going too well. We just, as to use a, a phrase from my good friend Eric that I co-opted, I always give him credit for it, though. We just laid a skull dragging on Chicago <laughs> in the division. <laughs> 44 to whatever, whatever, whatever. Beat the great Dallas Cowboys with multiple Hall of Famers and all pros and pro bowlers on that team. Not once, but twice. And we're facing a team that we already beat in the regular season. And the preseason. Every season. So, I mean, <laughs> look, again, it's not my business what the AFC sent. Whoever they were going to send was going to catch a skull dragging because we knew what we had. Mm-hmm. And we already had seen them. So, Coach George Seifert needed something. He needed something to at least capture the attention of, 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 of the men on the team to, at the very least, let's let's at least focus in. Yeah, coach, we we got you. We still gonna kick that butt. Yeah, because again, when you when you're coming to the Super Bowl, you're coming to win. You're you're not coming to show up. You're not coming to, you know, I can go party anytime. We're, we're coming to win the game. So I think that's the mentality of this current 49ers group because they do have certainly 
uh, I just got off the phone with the great guy McIntyre in the, in the front office, Keena Turner. Those type of folks who've been through the Super Bowl process and can share. This is what it looks like. This is what it smells like. This is what it sounds like. If you want one of these rings. The great Merton Hanks dropping an Eric ism here on the Believe in 49ers podcast. This is this is great. I I for selfish reasons, I got to ask you about the dance. Your, your touchdown celebration, the dance. Where, where where did that come from? We we were all trying to practice that thing on the schoolyard. Some of us better than others. I was probably uh, one of the worst of the bunch. But but where, where did that come from? Because you really made it famous. I mean, you had a bunch of other guys trying to do it as well too at the professional level. Well, you know what? Let, let me let me uh, have to layer a little bit of history if you can indulge me for it. 30 seconds. Oh, of course. When you, when, you, when, you look at, when you look at my teammates, and I and I speak highly of the great Eric Davis. Eric, what, what number in the second round were you picked, Eric, if you don't remind me? Uh, uh, what, I th- was that 50, I think 54? 54. So, so I think it was, it was the 54th selection, yeah. All, se- all second-round picks, and this is even the fact that it's day, all second-round picks are really first-round picks that, for whatever reason, a team couldn't quite get to fast enough. I'm still. Oh, I'm, I'm still. I, I, oh, oh, trust me, I've got my own story on that one. So, <laughs> I always look at Eric. I always look at Eric as a first round talent. I had another first round talent on the other side in Deion Sanders, Tim McDonald, the great Tim McDonald, the safety. Another was, second round pick again. How is he not in the Hall of Fame? I, I, you know what? Don't get me started on that. Yeah, I know. A, I know. Yeah, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> so. I'm looking at all of these talented people that I have the great privilege of working with. And, and it's clear we're in a special season. And, and uh, we, we kind of start playing around with how can you get attention? Because back then, you actually had to be good. And you had to actually be good for a long time to get paid. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's just a matter of being in the right place and right time and be average. Then you actually had to play to a level of an Eric Davis consistently before they thought about paying you some money. And at the same time, you needed something to differentiate yourself. So it was funny. I, I was playing around with my daughters. We were watching Bert and Ernie on Sesame Street, and they were doing this little funny dance. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. If something good happens, I'll just break that out see what happens. And kind of took on a life of his own after that. That's awesome. And 53rd overall, ED, 53rd. You, you, you shorted yourself. Oh, okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. Still should have been first round. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no question. I, look, that's, you know, the, the and, and you never want to be kind of the, the, the old man talking about your days were better than the current days and so on and so forth. But I, I look into days, players, and that's what's great about the 49ers right now. They got a, they got a bunch of guys on that team that I felt like could, at the very least, uh, uh, back up for our team. You know what, though, Merton? I know it's very real. Real back up. And there's a couple that could. There's a couple that could yeah. actually start for our team, and that's and that's a compliment because they're in today's NFL. And granted, is a totally different game than when Eric and I played. Eric mm-hmm. played longer than I did. Uh, obviously, retired later, but. Again, uh, from my from my perch in working on the NFL from the league office side, now from the NCAA side of the business, and, and watching how the game has morphed and changed, th- there are guys in the National Football League that literally would not have 
I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if they would have made a practice squad, much less our regular 53. So uh, th- that team was special. I hope this team goes on to win the Super Bowl, get that six for the 49ers, and join us in, in, in what it means to be a Super Bowl champion for the great 49ers. And Mert, before before we uh, we be remiss, we're not really into predictions here on this particular pot. But um, you look at this game, 49ers and Chiefs. Um, not necessarily ask you for a prediction, but but what do the Niners have to do um, to to end up, you know, getting number six? Well, I, I think the 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 Chiefs are, I want to say, ranked either twenty six or twenty seventh in run defense. Uh, they're they're actually worse from a rankings perspective than the Vikings on run defense, uh, even though they played decent defense here lately. Uh, I, I think 49ers definitely have to try to control the game on the ground. Uh, Nicole Hardman, their receiver, uh, the other Robinson, those are nice guys, but they have to deal with the other team's number one guy in Tariq Hill. They got to do something about that because um, he will wreck your whole program, in my opinion. Uh, so if, if they can run the ball effectively and, and, and defend effectively against Hill, I think uh, the 49ers have an excellent opportunity because I believe they're going to score points. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not concerned about them scoring points. If anything, from a, a statistical standpoint per game, they actually score more points than the Chiefs. So they'll be fine. Awesome. Merton. More than gracious with your time. I know you got Conference USA things to do, and you're able to squeeze us in. But uh, appreciate the stories and the laughs, and uh, great, great to hear you and Ed just just talk ball and talk the old times. Thanks so much for for, for taking time with us here on the Believe in Forty Nine ers podcast. Oh, appreciate you having me, Ed. Holler at me. Go Forty Nine. All right, appreciate you, fam. We'll talk soon. All right, the great Merton Hanks joining us here on the Believe in 49ers podcast. E.D. You got to stop calling him. You got to stop calling him the great Merton Hanks. No. Head, no. Trust, me. <laughs> trust me. I will never hear the end of it. Dude, he, he he's doing all kind he's he's gone corporate on us, you know. He he's doing stuff with Conference USA. I mean, the, yeah, the guy's yeah. kind of he's kind of kind of a big deal. Kind of kind of a big shot these days. Something that I found interesting and, and you talked about it right, you know, prior to us going to the interview with him. Uh, was the fa- was the dance right? And he said, you know, we had so many characters on on our team, and so many guys that were just more highly rated than me. Like I needed to do something to stand out. <laughs> I found that that ex- extremely interesting. That that kind of led to to the dance that you know became so famous, became a touchdown celebration, a great celebration of his that that we all tried to manipulate out there uh, on the schoolyard <laughs> when 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 I was coming up. Um, did I told you he liked attention. He, <laughs> I didn't lie, did I? I told you he liked attention. You said, that was it. You said him. He you said him in prime. You said him in prime. I, yeah, I, he had. He had to be. He had to be seen. Prime. You know what? Prime. Prime was one of the first to realize that um, it was entertainment. That was. That's the thing that Prime did because. You you may not remember, but once upon a time, and it was interesting, I saw this like during the playoffs, they'd have a picture of Richard Sherman. Like, like when, when the nine in the NFC championship game, the promo for the for the um for that game, it was a picture of Sherm and a picture of Aaron Rodgers. When I was playing, it was a picture of the SF 
and it was the star. <laughs> or it was the it was the NY versus the Eagle for Philly. Yeah. That's how I, they they didn't promote the player. They promoted the team. They didn't they didn't do that. Um, and players weren't known like in basketball and baseball because you didn't see their face. You know, but now these guys have these guys have a glass helmet, and you can see them. So now the league has no choice but to promote them because I mean I mean a part of making the Pro Bowl now is a social media vote. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I mean, you every every team. I'm looking at this stuff in Fox Sports and CBS Sports and all this stuff. It's like, let's have a fan vote for the Player of the Year and Rookie of the Year and all. This. So you didn't get that then. Prime was one of the first to realize that this is a TV show. It's entertainment. So I'm going to make you realize that I'm one of the actors in this in this uh, drama and not only am i going to let you see that i'm an actor in this reality show i'm going to be one of the star actors i'm going to make you know my name i'm going to make you show up make it destination tv like you're going to follow what i do so that's what that's what prime started doing and then merton was like i want some of that attention too <laughs> so but but now and there's nothing wrong with that the thing about it is that you got to you got to make plays you got to make plays. And the, and the number one thing that Merton said in that, that really was the, was the key to all of it. It wasn't like he said, you had to do something to stand out because you knew someone else was going to make a play. That's, that's that competition thing that we had. It was like, I got to make a play. It was like, even when we paid one another, if you were on the field, when one of your boys got an interception, you owed him money. Mm. If you took it to the house, then you double down. Now that's everybody's on the field. If you weren't on the field, there's nothing to do about it. But you go out there and Don, you got six DBs on the field. Yeah. You can get paid. Yeah. You take one to the house. That's that's money. That's Skrilla. Now, and the only <laughs> way the only way you didn't have to pay is if you did something that day. So now if you get a pick, so now it's a push. So you don't have to pay. So it was like, okay, you gotta make a play. <laughs> yeah. You gotta, you gotta do something good. You gotta make plays, and it was like, well, if I tip one to you and you pick it off, you know, now you had the option to not let me pay, and that's that's how we would do. But it was like, you gotta make plays, so to get that, so that was the thing. It was like everybody was out there trying to get it before the next guy got it, and that that was our thing. It was like, I'm not waiting for you. <laughs> yeah, it's it, too it's too expensive, too expensive to wait for you to make a play. Yeah, the, the the other thing was well, there's a couple of things also. Um, but the one thing that that really stood out to me, and you 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 tend to forget it, I guess, a little bit as you just, you know, you go through time and 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 you know more and more seasons pass. But you know, he, he talked about never playing on a losing team. He talked about, you know, if mm -hmm. he had nine wins, he was upset. And, mm -hmm. and and in the way the NFL is today, I mean, with the exception of. You know, the Patriots, you know, for the last, you know, 18, 19, 20 years, what have you, like, so many teams go through these ebbs and flows, you know, you're you're up high, you're you're down low, you know, you miss the playoffs, um, and you take, the, look at the Rams, for example, you know, they were in the Super Bowl, last yeah. year, this time, we were talking about the Rams, right, now, they're, they didn't even make the playoffs this year, um, and so I just found that extremely interesting. And then he said something that I've always thought. I've never mentioned, though, but he t he talked about you in particular being a second-round pick. He said, if you're a second-round pick, that's as good as a first-round pick to me. Um, and I, It wasn't to me. I, <laughs> I I agree with that. For for When it comes to dudes from, from smaller schools like yourself, um, 
I think those guys that are second round picks from smaller schools in particular, they are probably first round picks if they play at a at a power five, you know, at at, at, well, at a bigger school. Um, well, I think you know they what? just get knocked, they just get punished for being at a at a at a, at a smaller school. Well, you know what? This is I, I will definitely say this much because, like I said, to this day, I, I still say I should have been the number one pick for them that year. But that being said, I, I there was the stigma, and and the DB coach uh, Ray Rhodes that drafted me, and he, and he he said it. They sent me out to find a corner. I found my corner, and they're not gonna like it. Yeah, he had to he had to <laughs> sell you, right? Like he really had, he had to sell he, you to the organization. He, 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 be, and he and he told me he was like because you because you went to this small school. I mean, you know, I I had four thousand students at my school. He was like because you went to this school. He was like they're expecting me to come back with some guy from Notre Dame or Florida State, Ohio State. And he was like you're my guy, and he was like I know you can do exactly what I want you to do, and that was pretty much the Niners' philosophy back then. They wanted a guy that had the skill set to do what was needed done and he was like you you are my guy and I, so there there was a knock so he had to, he had to sell me uh, so it wasn't that um they thought i was void of talent they didn't like me um because they drafted me in the second round uh but you know they had to they had to convince because every everybody they had to convince mainly george seifer uh everybody else wanted me Early. I mean, it, well, it, every, everybody wanted me. It wasn't that, you know, I never would have been there if George just simply didn't want me. But yes, there was there was a knock for being in a being in a smaller school. And um, it happened. It happened that way. And I even had teams tell me afterwards, uh, coaches throughout the years tell me afterwards, like, I was going to draft you. I was going to draft you. Yeah. Our next pick, we were going to pick you. And I told him, I said, well, you had a chance on your first one. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 told, I told him that for years. I, I think about Eric Wright, who played. He was on that that great USC team with Reggie Bush and, and Matt Leinart and those guys. Um, and when they beat Oklahoma, beat them down mm-hmm. in, in the Orange Bowl, and you know, got some off the field stuff. He had to leave USC, right? So he transferred yeah. to, to UNLV, and the Browns took him. Um, you know, after after he played at UNLV, the Browns ended up uh-huh. taking him in the second round but so many people talked about oh he's a first round talent blah 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 blah, small school and it's almost like they forget that he started his career at usc but if if he would have if he would have stayed at sc his entire career he's probably you know a first round pick he's a guy that played for the play for drafted by the browns played for the lions um they even played for the niners for a little bit had had a cup of coffee with the niners as well yeah some injuries for a while yeah yeah, some injuries kind of derailed his career but i i think about you know guys like that and it's my like I, it's a strong belief of mine that I have that you know guys from smaller schools, yeah. they kind of get they they get they get hit by that. I mean, you got to be, I mean the the Ravens took Joe Flacco right from from Delaware. Like you, you yeah. got like that's a quarterback. It's a little bit different, but you, I mean, you got to be, you know, it, it like so many people. I think ha- either so many people have to agree that you're that guy. Um, or or that front office just has to be completely strong in its convictions because otherwise, like you said, it's a business. They don't have anything to to fall back on as it, as it comes yeah. to like an excuse or whatnot. Well, you know what? Well, the thing about it, like I said, as again, taking you in the second round because remember back then when I came out, there were twelve rounds. So being taken in the second round is not like I went late. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So that's what I said. It's not like they didn't like me. I just think I should. And I think my career showed that I was a first-round talent. Um, and even with Merton, I think Merton went in either the, 
I think Merton may have gone in the fifth round. Yeah, I think he's a he's a fifth round guy. Yeah. And the thing with Merton, the thing with Merton is that Merton was a tweener, yeah. and that happened. So again, and by that I mean Merton, his his body type, his body type didn't fit safety. His skill set didn't fit corner. He just made plays. It was like how like what do you do Where with do him? And I think guy? Yeah. that had a lot of people a lot of people because they didn't have the vision to see that this guy could be he could be that safety, that slot safety and cover tight ends and backs and and, and receivers in certain air in certain coverages and these they, they couldn't see that. Um that that's what caused Merton to um drop to the fifth round because it's obvious that he was not a fifth round talent yeah. it was, it's obvious that people missed but that was the thing so with the Niners they brought us in and and he says that, and that's the thing about it right now to the college and people always ask me about how do I feel how do I feel about the team and and you know in the different teams I played for and and I tell them all the time you have love for everyone that you played with because uh, well, the question is always like, what's your favorite team? And I was like, guys, it's like every team is different. Every single season, the team is different. Uh, you you add one player, you take one player out, the chemistry changes. The jokes that are told, the stories that are told. Um, the, you, you, I mean, just where towels are thrown on the floor. Every, everything is different every time you move a player. But we were raised there. We were brought in. We were taught the game a certain way by certain people. We were raised a certain way in the game. We learn to accept certain responsibilities and thrive under certain pressure. I mean, it was it was like you do this or you are gone. You you are the problem. Fix it. That's the pressure we played under. People don't do that. And these guys now cry. I see a lot of guys. I'm not going to do the whole. I think Merton got into this too. The whole like you know when I played, it was different. But but we we it's not like they would sugarcoat stuff. They would literally tell us. And I know and the people listening to the pod right now, you think about this. You think about if you walked into your whatever your job is, you walk into work and your boss tells you, hey, come here. Let's talk. Sit down. I don't like what you're doing. If the day is not better, you're fired. Go to work. That's the kind of how many people can perform Get that out of their mind. Do what you're supposed to do and do it at the level that is pleasing to the boss under those type um, conditions. And that's what that's that's the, how they taught us how to play this game to where that didn't bother you. So, you know, when you were saying earlier, the media and all of this stuff and the questions and media day and everything, dude, it was normal. <laughs> it was normal it was just it was our time and you know that's what that's what we were talking about it was our time to get our championship and do something special because that everything else winning games and doing that stuff that you're supposed to but you had to do something special and we wanted to be special we wanted to be historic be legendary like you now i get to eat free in the bay <laughs> there's some good food in the bag <laughs> plenty and, of it and and i appreciate that i get to eat free in the bay there are people that love me to this day in the bay because and and some of the greatest things that i hear is when i i walk up to people and they tell me i remember this and when you made that play it made me feel this way and when you did this i was with these people and they, and that's what i mean you become a part of the fabric 
of the bay when you do something. And that's what Merton was talking about. We were we were born and raised Niners. So, yeah, we went other places and we did that. But it's all we knew. It's how we played the game. It's how we are today. It's 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 what we were taught. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's fantastic, and and I think something that you know once you know our our our, our listeners, all the Niner fans, the faithful out there that hear this, something that they're going to take away from this that that I certainly did, um, and, and we'll go on this is just all these years later, right? You know, mm-hmm. and 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 just the camaraderie, the love, you know, shown between the both of you, just how close and how tight knit you guys still are, just to this day, um. I think that's special, and I think that's something that that's going to resonate with a lot a lot of Niners fans, a lot of the faithful well, when they hear this interview. So I thought that was uh, I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that was pretty cool um, to 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 see that and to know that you know all these years later. I mean, you guys still have you know that same bond that that you guys had that we all fell in love with. You know, watching you guys out there uh, compete on Sundays and 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 and, and winning and winning a Super Bowl. Um, so I thought that was fantastic. Well, you know what? It's just a it's a respect thing, man. Um, you know, CMB, we all we got. <laughs> <laughs> some some of you will get that reference, um, <laughs> but but I mean, it was that that's the thing. We went in and it was real, man. We we made one another earn the right to be there. We made one another um, expect to be great we 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 would not let the standard drop for anyone um and there was no animosity no one was jealous of anyone uh no one no nobody wanted to do anything other than be their best and win you were happy to see people perform um um you know, some, sometimes guys would get sometimes guys would get mad if they saw people really perform well, not because they were unhappy that you didn't that you perform well, but they were they were just mad they didn't do it. <laughs> Mert, um, <laughs> I didn't say that out loud, did I? <laughs> but um, but that's that's the thing that that so that's that's what that is. I mean, it's real. We we cared about one another then. Uh, we work to make one another better. Then we still try and work to make one another better. It's just it's a real thing, man. You don't you don't go through that. You don't go through that. You don't spend that much time under those situations, uh, and, and you know with that type of stress and and um, everything on the line like that, and not learn to um, appreciate the people that are around you. Yeah. Uh, special thanks again to Merton Hanks for joining us here, and also all of you out there listening. Hope you enjoyed this uh, this bonus pod Super Bowl week. Um, you know, we, we're, we're trying to get after it here on, on the Believe in 49ers podcast. Obviously, there's a lot to talk about about the game. We're going to get to that. Oh, um, there's a game? Yeah, I know, right? Oh. There's, there's a game. We're going to get to that. We'll, we'll, give, you, we'll give you all that, um, you know, as the week progresses. Um, but it's, it, it's this, this franchise, you know, there's, there's literally a gold standard. And so you, you, you get back to these opportunities. There's a lot to talk about, a lot of things to share, because there's a lot of people, you know, that, that wore those colors, as my partner likes to say, that uh, have done some pretty remarkable things in them and, and have done some things that these guys right now are trying uh, to accomplish. So it's, it's, it's great to 
revisit and, and rehash this stuff and, and I'm just gonna be honest with you, you know, like I'm I'm geeking out, you know, about it just for the simple fact that, you know, this is you know, this this is I, I saw all this, you know, unfold, you know, right in front of my eyes. So to to have the opportunity to, to go back and talk about it, this 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 is awesome. Um, so appreciate all y'all for listening out there. So we'll see y'all later on this week. Hope you enjoyed this bonus pod. He is Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. This has been the Believe in 49ers podcast. We'll see y'all later this week. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.